Hey, 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 it's that time again. Time for another fresh edition of the Bob Rose Rewind. Happy Saturday. I hope you have an awesome day. We're going to start it off. We're going to do our part. Uh, recently, we talked with Carl Zalek, Marion County Commissioner. And one of the great things they're doing is uh, they're helping to host a PTSD event. Let's let it roll right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, Carl. How you doing? Hey, Bob. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. Well, happy to have you. And uh, what you guys did recently with the PTSD Awareness Month in Marion County, it's really important. Uh, thanks for doing that. Tell us what this is going to mean. Well, yeah, one of the great things that uh, that we're trying to do is really bring awareness to PTSD. Uh, we know that so many folks that, uh, that have this uh you know, have a shame about it or whatever. And so it's one of the things that we're really working on just to make sure that people, you know, get help when they uh, see these tragic things happen, especially our first responders, you know, our sheriff's office and fire uh, firehouse, you know, they, they see these things on a daily basis. Um, and over time, it certainly becomes a traumatic uh, impact on your mental state. And uh, so we're, we're out there. We want to rock the teal uh, after we rock the red, right? right. Um, and get folks out there. And, and show our support for um, the, these folks. Uh, what, one of the things we're doing is on June 27th, we're having a national teal-out day. We're, as, as part of that, we're selling shirts. We're having a walk. You can find out more information at mcfbf.org. Uh, you can get your shirt and come out and support these uh, incredible heroes in our community. Yeah, look, uh, and PTSD is uh, kind of tricky, and it can manifest itself in different ways in people's lives, and they don't necessarily think, "Oh, yeah, I've got you know, I've, I've been stressed, or this is happening, or that." You got to talk to a professional and get some get some uh, advice on that. And yeah, don't be shy, and there should be no stigma attached to it at all, man. You're uh, you can't help it. Your body, mind, been traumatized in some way. Uh, go out there and, and and deal with it. So yeah, I'm glad that you're very supportive for that. And and yeah, one of the go ahead. I'm sorry. One of the things that I think is great is is just trying to remove the stigma. And so people that are not suffering, but you know that you have a friend, you know that you have a friend that has been exposed to these things. I mean, help them to remove the stigma. Help them talk to them about it. You know, make that a conversation point. You know, don't let them suffer in silence. Yeah, it's not it's not a weakness. We need to make sure we're clear about that. It's not a weakness. Um, uh, look, it, a lot of this we kind of discovered, unfortunately, through our veterans and, uh, um, you know, the serious consequences of, of war, et cetera. And I know you're heavily involved with veterans, veteran services, too. So I guess what's going on in the veteran world, if you will? Yeah, one of the things that we want to do, this is our first event where we're doing a um, really focusing on the PTSD, and it's because, you know, we've had some issues in our fire department, um, and, and we know that it impacts our first responders. Um, so we have that. Uh, the VA is doing some stuff in regards to the veterans. Uh, but next year, we really want to open it up um, as, as we move forward, if we have success in this and, and raise awareness um, and to open it up to more and more uh, folks. I mean, of course, it's open to everybody. Uh, but this year, we've kind of focused internally on the first one, trying to make sure it's a success and then branch out. I know you also uh, always promote recreation and some of the great uh, things that you have going on in Marion County to serve the 
uh, the needs of the citizens there. And I know it's really a state thing, but you want to promote it, and it is license-free fishing days. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think one of the great things that the state does is offer an opportunity for those who don't yet have fishing licenses or experience fishing, uh, take youth to the fishing lake or or introduce anglers to uh, you know to to the water um, before they have to purchase the license. So this is happening uh, Saturday and Sunday as part of a program with the uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation uh, Commission. It includes saltwater and freshwater fishing in Florida. On these days, the fishing license requirement is waived. Uh, so get out there, have some fun. Some great places to fish here in Marion County include Orange Lake and the Ocklawaha River. Um, you can also get up to Rodman and some other places that have a great fishing experience and the St. John's River as well that are just out of the county. All, all the other rules and, and seasons and bag limits do apply. So, you know, download the app. Make sure you know what the, those limits are before you get out and hit the water. I understand that uh, you don't have to have a permit to catch a snook during this period? Yeah, snook or spiny lobster permits wow. are also not required on these days, which I think is really interesting because that does not happen very often. No, I well know. Though. That's why I'm uh, I'm surprised. Okay, well, get out there and have some fun. Maybe maybe uh, you know take a young person who hasn't experienced uh, uh, fishing and, and uh, get them to go and, and uh, show them how much fun it can be. I, that's great. All right, uh, look, we've got the uh, hurricane season. It's begun uh, June the 1st, of course. We have a tax holiday until June the 10th. Uh, What is Marion County doing in terms of disaster preparedness? Yeah, so one of the things that we've already met, um, and we actually have an elected officials meeting with the the EOC, which is the Emergency uh, Operations Center. Um, And so you can get more information on that if you're interested. Um, the cool thing about what Governor DeSantis did is, is not, he's got a huge tax package, actually, that he came to Ocala and unveiled, which I thought was really awesome. Um, this is part of the 12-day tax holiday that follows, that allows Floridians to prepare for hurricane season while saving money on essential disaster preparedness items. So there's a bunch of those lists. Uh, FloridaDisaster.org uh, has a kit, FloridaRevenue.com uh, backslash disaster prep also have another list of those items that are included. But it, you, typical things, you know, flashlights, uh, um, you know, any camping gear typically, um, uh, of course, preparedness uh, things and uh, generators and all that kind of stuff are all going to be tax-free up until June 10th. All right, so take advantage of that. That should uh, save you a couple bucks anyway. And then you're doing this great public service, a free class on Stop the Bleed and CPR. CPR was a big thing, but i got to tell you, uh, a bleed class, you learn how to properly uh, apply a tourniquet or other uh, stop bleeding uh, principles. This is, this is good stuff to know. Yeah, so it's part of our uh, program. And uh, so this is the first uh, the free training on is this Saturday, June, uh, first Saturday of June from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Sheriff's Office Multipurpose Room. Uh, the training is brought to you by the Marion County Emergency Operations Center. Uh, to sign up, you can go to alertmarion.com and click the training link. I think it's really, uh, really great, obviously, as you explained, not only CPR, but understanding how to how to come in contact with and help somebody if they're bleeding uh, significantly. Yeah, as a motorcycle rider, it's an important thing to know. If I have to uh, help fellow riders, we have uh, unfortunately live in a world where there could be gunshot victims, etc. So uh, uh, it's good to know. Thanks for doing that. Oh, real quick, too. Uh, how's it coming when it comes to litter? I know you had a, an issue there. You were trying to deal with it. What's the uh, status now? Yeah, so the, the 
the recommendations have come back of our vice chairman, Craig Curry, has been doing a fantastic job on that. Um, we had the four committees uh, go out and do some work. During the workshop where we had, we had many components that kind of came back. The litter-free uh, pledge is one of the things we're doing, increasing fines for litter, uh, the inclusion of Awareness Week, um, committing to annually, among other things. So really going out there and promoting it uh, and making sure that we also have enforcement on that week. Uh, so what happens next? Uh, we have another meeting that's coming up. Uh, the final plan will be organized and proposed uh, and brought to the board for final approval. That includes, um, you know, everything from looking at our recycling hours, uh, from looking at things that we collect. Um, we also put together a uh, uh, more more trash cans and getting businesses involved. Um, so it's got a lot of really cool things that are that are doing that. We're also adding um, one more uh, code enforcement officer to help us throughout the entire county, um, and we're looking at litter projects for more people to get involved with um, adopt a road. Uh, you know, that obviously is a great way for citizens and businesses to get involved by adopting a road. Don't be a litter bug. Don't be a butthead. Somebody who throws their cigarette butts <laughs> out the window. Yes, That's sir. It. Don't be a butthead. Marion County Commissioner Carl Salick on the Bob Rose Rewind. Happy Saturday. Stand by. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Chief Mike Balkin from Ocala Police Department. And uh, there's a sad story that occurred recently, but we can learn something from it. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Happy Saturday. The Bob Rose Rewind continues this time. Chief Mike Vulcan from Ocala PD on the show. And there was a tragic event that occurred recently, but we can learn something about gun safety. Here's the chief now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Chief, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Hey, it's a pleasure. Uh, look, uh, Guns, gun control, all this stuff's been in the news. Uh, locally, you had a 14-year-old boy that may have shot himself in the neck, it appears, accidentally at a neighbor's house. And this, this young man's still in critical condition. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit and then maybe highlight what, what parents can do to try to prevent this from happening in the future. Yeah, a real nightmare of a case, uh, Bob. Yeah, just last week, 14-year-old kid was at a friend's house, uh, uh, got a hold of a firearm that we believe was uh, improperly stored. Oh, we're st- we're still investigating that, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, shot himself in the, right in the neck and uh, remains in critical condition. His life will be forever changed if he you know, survives this, which we're praying he does. Uh, so yeah, we want to uh, obviously encourage any gun owners and out there, parents, to speak with their kids about gun safety. We think that's uh, the first step, you know, ensuring their 
their safety. Um, uh, talk with them. Uh, make sure that they understand. Uh, you know that uh, you know they're not toys. That they're to be respected and that they're stored properly. Um, and speaking of, of, of storing properly, Florida law does require that loaded firearms inside a home be kept in a secure lock container with a trigger lock if, if a child under 16 can access it. So, you know, we want to obviously prevent uh, you know homicides, suicides, accidental shooters, just like we saw last week. So, uh, extremely important uh, uh, for us to to make sure we store those firearms properly. Yeah, and I think, you know, for for parents, it should be a no-brainer, but maybe a friendly reminder is needed. And it's not hiding it doesn't work, putting it up high. Man, kids are like dogs. They're going to sniff that stuff out. They're smarter than we give them credit for, and they're very inquisitive, and they don't necessarily want to do themselves or others harm. They want to see the thing that's taboo, that you're not supposed to touch or play with. And I guess that leads to the next thing is, you know, when parents should decide what's what's kind of age appropriate in terms of discussions about firearms chief yeah that's a good question i, I you know I, I in my home uh, you know we started very early on uh, being a, a police officer you know you're constantly uh trying to move gun belts about secure firearms uh, every every day every time you come home from work so uh for 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 my kids and, and that's an individual decision but uh you know the, the minute my kids were old enough to understand exactly what i did for a living and what a gun can do uh uh you know we we had very long discussions we actually took the kids to the to the firing range and, and showed them what a gun can do you know and uh and I think uh, I think that helps the conversation and, and, and the discussions that, that happen around firearms. I think remove some of that taboo uh, that you talked about, that curiousness. Okay, it's you know it's a firearm. I don't touch it. It can hurt somebody. And uh, uh, so you know I think the earlier the better. I really do. That doesn't take the place of securing that firearm properly, of course. Uh, you know uh, you know when the cat's away, the mice will play kind of a deal. I, I think we've all got to take uh, personal responsibility for uh, for firearm safety and keep keep these kids safe. When I was a kid, my my parents didn't have guns they weren't necessarily against him but they you know my dad wasn't a hunter he wasn't into guns shall we say and uh and so my the neighbor across the street he let me and his son shoot a 357 magnum revolver we were very young he put a big like you know two by six down on the ground you know we just held it and shot you know just fired it right there and i gotta tell you the awesome sound the power and all that scared the you know what but I, I tell you what, better than talking about it, that message was loud and clear to me. Yes, it was loud, and it was clear. This is an extremely powerful thing. This is not a toy. So so I think introducing, and again, like you said, every parent is going to have to decide what, what age is appropriate for their kids. But when they see what what um, how tremendously powerful this kind of thing is, they have a different kind of respect. They're... They're still maybe somewhat inquisitive, but now they have a respect going, wow, this thing is dangerous, possibly. Yeah, a little, little uh, respectful amount of fear goes a long way, so I couldn't agree more. And, uh, um, you know, but it's unfortunate. We see these uh, these incidents happen several times a year, and uh, uh, very, very frustrating uh, to see this. And, and, you know, now potentially criminal charges for, for the owner of that firearm. And that, yeah, and that's sad, and that's unnecessary. Like you said, you know, you follow the Florida law. There's, there's all kinds of apparatus. I mean, you know, Greg's always trying to help sell you a safe, and it's awesome, and I have a safe. But there are smaller devices, handheld things, like you say, trigger locks. There's a lot of things that you can do that can still make the, you know, it, uh, accessible to you when you need it, yet keep it safe from, uh, from inquiring uh, little kids that, that want to check into it. 
Yeah, and, and people, you know, shouldn't be discouraged about uh, quick access to their firearm for home safety. You know, the technology out there with uh, uh, gun lock boxes that are open with just a fingerprint, uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of technology out there that, that, that still allow you to get to your to your firearm very quickly uh, and conveniently should the need arise for you to, to grab that for gun safety or for, for, for home protection for whatever reason you might need it. And it might be people listening who are like, yeah, I'm all in, yeah, I do the right things and all that. Well, remember... Anywhere that your child, teenager, whatever, visits any home, like uh, grandma and grandpa, you know, best people in the whole world, but, uh, you know, grandpa's not used to having kids around, for instance. Good point. Yeah, again, I, and like I said before, you know, these, these gun safety uh, uh, devices, gun locks, and the conversations uh, in themselves, they don't take the, the place of each other. So uh, I agree, those demonstrations, those conversations, and, and then obviously the securing goes a long way. Because, yeah, you, you can't control what's being done in somebody else's home. Yeah, and should somebody get into your home, it's one of the first things they feel like is a jackpot is uh, stealing your guns. Um, and, and even from your automobile, and I cannot believe, I've been talking about this for years, I'm sure you've dealt with it for years, people still leave their car unlocked with some valuables in it, including sometimes firearms. Yeah, you know, we, we, you and I have talked about this before. It is one of the most frustrating things that not only the Ocala Police Department, I, I, I talk with chiefs and sheriffs from around the country all the time, and this is the number one problem is folks uh, leaving a firearm uh, in a vehicle uh, unsecured, and uh, it is it is maddening to us because, quite frankly, the the vast majority of illegal firearms were taken off the street that that your police officers here in Ocala are encountering uh, nightly on a daily on a daily basis are are stolen from unsecured auto- automobiles, and it's uh, extremely uh, frustrating when you know we have this little key fob in our hand every time we get out of the car, click it twice, your horn will beep, tell you your your car's locked. It's pretty simple. It takes a few seconds, you know, for for some fourteen, fifteen. Year old kid at night to, to you know uh, go through a neighborhood and, and checking all the, the the doors to see which ones are locked and which ones aren't and you know the ones that, that are that are unlocked uh, that those are the ones that get hit that get hit and everything from purses wallets uh, tablets and and obviously firearms are taken lickety split and these these kids are in and out of a neighborhood within within minutes and uh, you know we uh, we had uh, we had a, an issue over the weekend nine cars hit in one neighborhood a gun stolen out of one of them all unsecured. Uh, last week, uh, 12 cars hit uh, in one night, all unsecured. It, it is maddening to us when uh, uh, when we see this happen. We, we, ju- we just need a little cooperation, and I can't uh, harp on that enough from, from our, our citizens here to lock up your car. And wherever you're at, it's, it's a problem around the country. These kids are, are learning how to do this car hopping on the Internet, you know, on social media platforms, uh, and an unsecured car is a quick, easy, easy target. And, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 that's, that's a, to me, it, that's a civic duty. Lock your car. It's a simple, simple task. And you mentioned the uh, the internet. It's Internet Safety Month. What's the message you want to send there? Yeah, June is uh, National Internet Safety Month. Uh, we want to remind everybody out there that uh, internet safety is an issue year-round and that precautionary measures uh, really should be taken sooner rather than later on that. Uh, you know, we, we partnered with the Sheriff's Office just a few months back to do an online predator uh, uh, investigation, and and, uh, and our, our troops were able to, to net uh, 12 predators in just two days, uh, a Saturday and Sunday. And uh, coming as for, for, coming into Ocala from as far away as Jacksonville to, uh, to prey on our kids, so... 
you know, the, the people need to understand these predators are lurking on every social media site, on online gaming. Uh, you know, they're looking to make friends with your kid and, and take advantage. Uh, their goal is to lure that child into a dangerous encounter, either online or in person. Uh, and once that happens, uh, you know, we, we really don't know what what their in, in their their intentions really are. But uh, yeah, parents protect your kids, get involved in their online activity, and you need to make it your business to know what your child's doing online. Don't think or say it can't happen to your kid because these threats are real. Um, you absolutely need to be monitoring your kid's uh, uh, online presence. To, and, and really, and, and, and again, having that d- discussion with them about online safety and, and, and what their activity could potentially uh, uh, lead them to. You can't do it uh, too often. Just, uh, yeah, keep it up. Oh, real quick, uh, hoops and badges uh, taking on a youth basketball team. How, how bad will uh, OPD officers get beat up on the court, you think? Oh, man, man, you had to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, this is our second annual hoops and badges basketball game. It'll happen uh, this Friday at the uh, E.D. Krosky Center here in Ocala. Uh, basically, our cops uh, team up take, to take on uh, Trilogy Ocala, which is a youth basketball team. Last year was brutal. Uh, I don't know how many cops uh, they injured, but uh, oh, yeah, I'm geez. hoping. Uh, yeah, it was horrible. It was More horrible. than just we their went, pride, huh? We, 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 yeah, absolutely. It was, wow. it was brutal. Uh, so we're hoping to do a little bit better, but uh, great, great community engagement uh, to get us out there with the kids. Absolutely. We always appreciate your time. Ocala Police Department Chief Mike Balkin. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bob. All yes, right. sir. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Ocala Police Department Chief Mike Balkin on the Bob Rose Rewind. I hope your Saturday is shaping up to be a good one. Coming up next, Congresswoman Kat Kamek and some of the big issues. The Senate bill that has to do with guns and gas prices. That's on the way next. 97.3 The Sky. The Bob Rose Rewind is rolling. Happy Saturday. Congresswoman Kat Kamek and talking about some of the big deals and the big things that are going on. The Senate and their gun bill, how the House is receiving that and really gas prices. What's going on there? Let's ask her right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, Kat. How are you? Good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing? Great. Happy birthday to your uh, hubby yesterday. Oh, thank you. He was busy celebrating with the chickens at home while I was up here fighting the Democrats. That's probably code for I was out eating chicken wings and having a brewski. (laughs) Could be. You never know. Uh, Probably. Yeah. You're doing battle up there, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Senate gun bill? Biggest things that stand out to me is the the age restriction on the AR and uh, red flag laws, which, you know... Anyway, I'll let you speak. Go ahead. Well, you know, that's the thing. Uh, it's this package. We have no language. It's just all top line uh, stuff that we've seen, which, you know, you see the top lines, the, those eight key points that they're working towards. The devil is in the details. And for me, it's pretty simple. Second Amendment shall not be infringed. And any red flag law, of course, is unconstitutional. Any infringement on the Second Amendment is unconstitutional. And once again, we see Washington focusing on anything but the root cause. A gun doesn't just pick itself up and start creating carnage. It's the evil, sick people that have mental health issues that are doing this. And a violent person who is intent on committing evil will do this with any means necessary. So we've shown them the data and, and our colleagues that, that proves that red flag laws do not work. And that's something that is really frustrating when you have people that are intent on creating laws 
that are going to restrict law-abiding citizens from being able to defend themselves while, again, simultaneously, this is the same group of people that is trying to defund police. So it's just, it's a disaster. We'll see exactly what comes out of the legislative text. But just for a timeline, they're trying to get this done before the July 4th recess. So we're in this long stretch of votes in Washington. I was up here last week, this week, I'll be in again uh, next week and, and through July. The likelihood of them getting this done by July 4th, it, it's probably unlikely. However, the thing that is really frustrating is, once again, we have a small group of people that are just looking to say that they did something and checking a box. So as we learn more about the legislative text, we'll be able to talk more about it. But as of right now, it's looking like it's going to be just another gun grab attempt that the Senate has already said they're not going to pick up Nancy Pelosi's version, which was atrocious. I know we talked about that. And then the House will pick up the Senate package, whatever they pass, and then it'll actually bypass conference and go straight to uh, Biden's staff. Wow. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I guess one of the... The the other major concern, I think, for people every day, you know, anytime, well, especially when we have to actually go and fill up. I had to put diesel in one of my vehicles yesterday. Uh, talk about a talk about a kick to the gut. Um, I guess I'm asking you for the straight shot. Are the oil companies being greedy? Is the Biden administration being honest or lying when they say there's available leases? You know, talk to them when they try to push it off on the oil companies. Where's the truth lie? The truth is, is that the administration is full of crap. I mean, I hate to be so just clear cut about it, but I mean, they are. They're just, these are the same people that if you watch the press conference from the White House, the press briefing yesterday, they said that this is a booming economy. These folks have no idea what is happening in real America today. Uh, You know, we have seen the stock market crash. We have seen people sitting there trying to make decisions between gas or groceries. This inflation is projected to continue to to go up. We're at 8.6 percent, which, again, if you look at this time last year, it was 1.7. It's amazing how bad things have gotten in a year. And Americans, on average, are paying $5,500 in an inflation tax just because of what Joe Biden and his cronies have done in the last year. On the, on the gas prices, this is not corporate greed. This is the administration canceling all of the permits that were slated to be approved by our domestic producers. When you cancel these permits, you're basically sending the message of, hey, you're not welcome here anymore, and so you're going to have to figure out a new business model, i.e. they're trying to force everyone into this Green New Deal agenda of, you know, everyone runs off of electric vehicles and and solar panels and wind turbines. When you look at what Joe Biden has asked these folks to do is they want the oil companies to take a loss because the the administration is not willing to come off the, the regulatory burden. I was actually out speaking with the vice president of Shell. And I stood on an oil rig out in the Gulf off the coast of Louisiana a couple months ago, and I asked her point blank, what's the deal with these 9,000 leases? And she said, you should picture the Gulf as a grid. And when there is a grid available, a company will apply for a permit. That permit and then the uh, exploration well takes about nine years. 
And then once it is deemed viable, meaning you can pull oil and natural gas and other and other elements out, that whole construction for a full rig is about $13 billion and another 11 years. So this is a 20-year proposition. And Joe Biden and his press secretaries are saying, oh, there's 9,000 leases available. It's not as clear cut as they want you to as you want it. They want to make it. But instead, Joe Biden's going to go beg Venezuela and Iran, who, by the way, just had a meeting in Tehran. uh, He's going to beg them for help as well as the Saudis. This is absolutely insane. All the more reason. Got to take the house back. Yeah. Now that leads me to my next question. So you, let's say you get a sweeping victory coming in there in the midterms, and there's no reason to think you, you wouldn't. You should. Is that going to be veto-proof? Are you going to have enough, or is Biden just going to axe everything that the GOP comes up with in uh, with the new House majority if that occurs? You know, I, if you'd asked me this question a couple months ago, I would say it's going to be, going to be really tough. Uh, you know, we're going to be really fighting uh, with Democrats to come up with some middle ground here. Now I am really seeing a tremendous amount of Democrats coming to us saying, hey, we're really glad that you guys are talking about this issue because this is what my constituents back home are saying. And I can't get out there and say that because Nancy will kick me off my committees. The fact that we have Democrats quietly behind closed doors saying things like that tells me that they are already picking up on the fact that this is not only going to be an absolute blowout in November, but it is it is a mandate from the American people. And Joe Biden, who just yesterday said, yes, I am running for president, he is going to have to think long and hard with his political advisors of if the American people have sent a whole new Congress to Washington and they're passing the legislation that American people want and need and he's vetoing it, that is he's going to kill the Democrat Party for the next decade. So I actually feel incredibly hopeful that he will sign Republican legislation, much like how we saw in the early 90s when we had Newt Gingrich as Speaker of the House. And, you know, Bill Clinton was basically forced into signing key initiatives that were Republican driven. So I'm actually feeling more confident and hopeful by the day. We just saw in Texas there was a massive historic flip in an 84 percent Hispanic district. Myra Flores, she just won that seat for the first time ever. This is incredible and a sign of good things to come. Well, I I hope you're correct, and I hope your analogy to the old days when Bill Clinton was forced to be a centrist and at least uh, understood how that was going to be beneficial. I I hope that's the case. I I don't see it with Biden, though. Kat, keep up the good work. Keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of the week. Congresswoman Kat Kamek on the Bob Rose Rewind. Always appreciate talking to her. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind. Not done yet. Next, Gilchrist County Sheriff Bobby Schultz on the Bob Rose Rewind. Inflation affects the rising cost of law enforcement as well and guardians at schools. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Happy Saturday and welcome. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind. Last but not least, we're going to speak with Gilchrist County Sheriff Bobby Schultz, the rising cost of law enforcement, guardians at school. Let's talk to him right now. The Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, 
Sheriff, how you doing? Listen, Bob, I figured out that a bad day in Gilchrist County is better than a good day anywhere else. I'm good. You got that right, although you're still paying a lot of money for gas, too. I mean, that, you know. But then we again, are. It, it's crazy. It, it's crazy where we've gotten so far, but hopefully... uh uh, here in a, in a couple of years, we can fix that problem. Uh, budget contingencies, is this going to mess your budget up, putting more fuel in more uh, police vehicles? Yes, sir. It already has. We've already seen it uh, on our budget. It's affected it. And, you know, with inflation up around 9%, last time I checked, 9 to 10%, only stands reason, not not just gas, but uh, everything is uh, going to be crazy. Well, yeah, you got to feed prisoners, so you know food costs are going to impact you and people. Uh, you know, law enforcement trying to get to uh, uh, to work, and not all of them have uh, police vehicles. You've got other staff members as well, so yeah, uh, people are going to uh, feel the pinch. Let's talk about schools. Gilchrist County schools, I believe, are, are rated very, very uh, good in terms of education. Um, how's it going with your your guardian program? Well, it's going good. It's a, it's a program that we're proud of. You know, I've I've long said that uh, it's very hard and you can never guarantee that you can 100% prevent these mass murders uh, situations that go on. However, you can mitigate some of the problems by having good, good folks with firearms. And that's what we did very early on. And uh, we've, uh, we've got a number of guardians. Uh, We don't advertise it to who they are for obvious reasons. And um, uh, we feel very secure. We train, we train with them. Um, it, it's, it's a good program. We're one of, uh, I think there's around 20 in the state of Florida now that, that has uh, guardians, and we have school resource deputies in each school. So we're, we're blessed, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're prayerful that we don't have to deal with, and anybody anymore have to deal with these, these shootings. But the guardian program is, is working out pretty well for us. You know, as part of the Florida laws changing as a result of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, shooting, the uh, you know we have red flag laws in Florida. Um, now at the federal level, they're trying to introduce that. I guess what what would be your? Is there any positive things that could come out of red flag laws? And then what's the drawback? What are your concerns? I guess both as law enforcement, but uh, you know, also a member of the community and, and somebody who appreciates the Second Amendment. Well, you always worry about them trampling on the Constitution. You know, it's it is a predicament, and I think anybody who says otherwise would be be uh, kidding themselves. Uh, I, I worry that what's going on is people's going to overreact and you know limit your uh, ability to get firearms, which I do not support. However, you have to figure out a way of, of keeping some of these firearms from these from the the folks who have mental illness, and that has been a, a quandary. For as long as I can remember, uh, I hope that you know cooler heads prevail. I hope something reasonable can come out of this. Um, I, you know, Florida, as you said, we passed after Stoneman Douglas some issues. Some of it was not great whatsoever, and some of it uh, was a compromise. But hopefully, we can revisit that soon and, and fix some of the problems that we have with it. Let's say somebody uh, just really loves, say, outdoors, hunting, fishing. I mean that that is their that is therapeutic to them, and they suffer from maybe some level of depression or something like that. And, uh, you know, now they now if they push more red flag laws, they say, well, I'm afraid to seek treatment for this because I don't want them to take away my guns. If I can't go out and hunt, there'll be much more depression. Um, yeah, what do you say to that? How do we, 
How, how do we keep the ones who would hurt themselves or someone else separated from the ones who just, you know, they have their ups and downs, they have some battles that are real, PTSD, whatever the case may be, but but they it doesn't appear they would harm themselves or someone else. You know, Bob, I, I always try to give you the, the best answer and the honest answer that I have, and if I had an answer to that, I'd be a very wealthy man. I'd be a very popular man. I don't know the answer to that. And I hope that there's people out there smarter than me that can figure that out without, again, trampling on the Constitution. And I, there's got to be a way. There is a way. I just don't know exactly what that is. And that's probably not the answer that your, uh, your listeners are, are wanting, but I don't know the answer to that. It, it is a, it's a, a problem, and it's a problem that we need to fix. I just don't see it happening uh, anytime soon uh, with, again, with all the things we have to consider. Well, I mean, the issue itself is extremely complex. And then add to it, there is a body, uh, you know, in our government that really think that people who are concerned at school board meetings are domestic terrorists. If if they will take a parent and apply that kind of logic to that, uh, what will they apply to red flag laws, what they consider to be mental illness? I'll bet you there's people on Capitol Hill right now that think if you voted for Trump, you've got a mental illness. Well, and that is the scary part. When you have people in your in your government that are so warped, and instead of being surgical and figuring out what the problem is uh, and doing precision cuts and trying to figure it out that way rather than a big, okay, let's do exploratory surgery, you're going to have a problem. Uh, again, my prayer is that we, we can all come together, come up with a – a strategic plan that doesn't, uh, for all the things that you just talked about, doesn't interfere with that. It is scary. When you put the government in charge and say, hey, you figure it out, you've got bigger problems than what you even realize. Yeah, this same government now that allows uh, people to cross the border uh, it also allows fentanyl to cross the border. And, and we had over 100,000 deaths from, from fentanyl last year, not your typical overdose, people that are hooked and take too much. This could be a one or two or third time incident because of the amount of fentanyl nobody knows what's in the stuff that's coming across and so it, can you trust this government especially this administration they say oh yeah we we got to get guns out of bad people's hands to save lives yet they look the other way when a hundred thousand lives were lost last year really needlessly mm-hmm. if they just secured the border you know what and the answer to your question is i 100 percent do not trust this administration to do the right thing on nearly anything, and that's sad to say as an American. But I'm hoping, as I said before, even with the the gas issues and some of the economic problems that we're having, I'm hoping in two years that we can get an administration that will understand the plight of the people, understand that uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all on everything, and and we can secure our borders. We're seeing it here in North, North Florida. You can read the papers every day. There's, there's a, somebody who has crossed within the past a year committing crimes, and one's too many. When we had the problem at the border somewhat taken care of two year, two and a half years ago, it, it is, again, going back to can you trust the government? No. It seemed like uh, everything they do is wrong, and unfortunately for us, it, they don't see it as being a problem. Well, we're just fortunate, you know, that we have a good governor that looks out for our freedoms and our economy. We're lucky we have some law enforcement uh, people like yourself, constitutional officers and and sheriffs that uh, uh, believe and protect the Second Amendment and uh, believe in law and order. And uh, we used to take that as an automatic. It's not anymore. 
We appreciate you. Well, and we appreciate it. And I can promise you there's a lot of sheriffs out there that every day is fighting for everyone's constitutional rights. And, and I'm going to continue doing it to the best of my ability. And I'm just grateful to, to live in America. And I believe it's still the greatest country in the world. We just got to fix a couple things. Right on. Well said. That was Gilchrist County Sheriff Bobby Schultz on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks to all my guests, including Congresswoman Kat Kamick and also Chief Mike Balkin from Ocala PD and Marion County County Commissioner Carl Zalek started things off. Folks, thanks for tuning in to the Bob Rose Rewind, and I invite you to join us Monday morning starting at 6 a.m. for the Bob Rose Show, along with Greg Cassidy, right here on 97.3 The Sky.